You're listening to 20-something pod with Gloria Mateo. I gotta say, figuring out a way to start this episode took longer than I'd like to admit. So, I'm just gonna get to the point. There's a debate that has existed for centuries around the dynamics of male and female relationships. Can men and women be just friends? Answers to this question often vary, and more likely than not, responses are based on the interviewee's personal experience. Yet, this idea of platonic opposite-sex friendship is arguably one of the most discussed subject matter among friends, family members, and, of course, the media. The 1989 classic, When Harry Met Sally, is most credited with having popularized this debate in pop culture. In the movie, Harry and Sally begin as friends after Sally refuses Harry's sexual advances. And over the course of 12 years, their relationship is tested as they grow closer and closer together. They're both adamant about not wanting sex and romance to ruin their friendship. But ultimately, spoiler alert, at the end, they predictably wind up together. If this storyline sounds familiar, it's because it is the norm in most dramatized narratives about male and female friendships. In fact, finding a movie or a TV show that focuses on platonic cross-sex friendships is nearly impossible. If you know one, tell me. Seriously, slide in my DMs on Instagram, at 20somethingpod. Since we're inundated with this idea that men and women can't be just friends, I decided to explore it for myself. My focus is, of course, on millennials. Are we better at handling male-female friendships than past generations? On this week's episode, I get a little bit nosy in my attempt to answer this very question. I called up three groups of people to talk about the dynamics in their relationships, how their friendships work, and of course, if they believe men and women can be just friends. Two of them said yes, though their approach to maintaining their platonic friendships differ. As for the third couple, their situation is unique from the other two. Take a listen. Even, like, times where he would, like, oh, touch my arm in a different way, to me, it's like, oh, it's fine. Whatever. He does this with everybody. (laughs) When the girls finally were like, what's going on with you guys? I was like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Like, we're just friends who hang out, who eat breakfast. Doesn't everybody do that? And so when he finally said, like, what do you think about doing this? I freaked out. And I was like, I don't know. And how long have you guys been dating now? It's been a year and, like, a couple months. Yeah, a year and a couple months now. More on those guys later. Now, some scholars believe the success of a platonic male-female friendship is dependent on the origin and length of the friendship. The longer you've known someone, the more likely you are to succeed at being just friends. So, the first group of people I called up have known each other for 14 years. Anna and Daniel first met in the seventh grade, but split up in high school when Daniel moved away and Anna stayed back to go to an art school. During that time, their friendship looked a little different, and it wasn't until university when they reconnected again. Here's them recalling their origin story. Low-key, Daniel just, like, made fun of everyone and made them feel uncomfortable. So, like, it probably started off in a way where, like, he probably was making fun of me at one point. I think it probably was in, like, seventh grade, like, music class, because it was just, like, actual corruption. There were so many troubled people, including Daniel, who just, like... (laughs) (laughs) ever causing a scene in class and giving teachers a hard time and I think I probably was just like hey like this guy's kind of funny and then from then on we kind of just were close 
Yeah, Anna, Anna was tall and lanky, and then uh, <laughs> I just uh, made fun of her all the time for that. And then that's what that's really where it got uh, we got closer through my bullying of her, which I encourage no bullying first of all to anybody listening. I guess yeah, she's right. We picked up her, pretty much where we left off for a second year, and then we started hanging out again, all of us like as a, as a crew, and then and then from there, just uh, she just couldn't get enough of our friendship, so I guess she stuck around. You know that tick that just sticks on you and sucks your blood dry and you just really can't even get it off? That's her. Even though Anna and Daniel have been friends for a long time, they still encounter their fair share of people who expect or assume they're together. Instead of letting it get in the way of their friendship, they choose to just laugh about it. When Daniel's child was born last year, we unfortunately had to go to a funeral, which was around the same time. So we decided to go together and meet up with our friends. We had run into one of his friend's boyfriends and his mom. And she was like, congratulations on the baby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, do I look like I just gave birth? Like, what the hell? Um, I didn't even think about that. This light approach is what's kept their friendship platonic all these years. One of the biggest arguments against opposite-sex friendships is that someone is always attracted to the other. One of the studies I read in preparation for this episode found that men were more likely to believe their female friend was attracted to them, even though statistically it wasn't true. And on the flip side, women were less likely to believe their male friends were attracted to them, even though, again, statistics proved otherwise. For Anna and Daniel, attraction isn't enough to ruin their platonic relationship. That is because they believe there's a difference between thinking and acting on an impulse. I think Anna's a good-looking girl. Obviously, from when I met her, she was friggin' beat and worse. But, <laughs> but she grew into somebody. I personally, for me, it was easier because I knew Anna from, like, from time, from then. Whoever she is now, or I can appreciate that she's a pretty girl. And she's, she's like grown into like who she is now. And I'll give her compliments for sure. And, and Anna's a good-looking girl. But it's easier for us or for me personally, because I know her for so long to just be like, that's just my son who grew up. I think it's because like, we're both very honest people. Like we're not awkward about those types of things. Like we talk about stupid things. So like to say that stuff isn't really, it's not weird to me at least. And I think also like, as you get older, like you realize like attraction, like to be pretty on the outside, that's not what you're marrying for. That's not what you're dating for at this age, you know? So like, you can be an attractive person, but like that literally means nothing romantically to me. What is she trying to say is that Daniel is really ugly on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. What I'm saying is that to say that Daniel is an attractive person, like that means nothing to me. You know, like I can say that to anyone on the street. That doesn't work out because that is an outside perspective like that is really it doesn't mean anything and as a friend you should be telling your friends that they're attractive you should be telling you should be lifting them up telling them they're good looking telling them when they're they're they're, they're dressed well like okay you're looking fire his hairline's been slacking but like <laughs> you know honestly <laughs> there's also the topic of how opposite sex friendships affect romantic relationships some say it poses a unique threat and suggest that the friend not in a romantic entanglement should take a step back out of respect for the romantic partner. As our interview continued, I asked Anna and Daniel if their close friendship has ever been a deterrent in their romantic lives. They both said no because they make it a point to introduce their romantic partners to each other. In fact, Daniel is currently in a romantic relationship and he says it's never been an issue. They both also agree that they wouldn't give up their friendship if someone they were interested in romantically had a problem with the other. 
families forever. Like a lot of relationships nowadays don't last are temporary. So why would you pick something temporary over something that you've like invested so much time and energy? And yet, even though their friendship works, they understand why some people still don't believe men and women can be just friends. Why do you guys think it's so hard for people to believe that men and women can be just friends? Just because for the most part, it ends up not working out. In all honesty, like I think it could work out if more people understood, I guess, how to approach it. I think it's also because we're, we're sexual beings. And then because people put, put in opposite sex with sex and then they don't think about the fact that like you just don't have to mix those two together hookup cultures in like in this generation has been more normalized you know like you still like you'll still see that person again and like still say hi or still you'll still maintain a, some sort of like like you know relationship or like friendship or somewhat but the, but then like that's where it gets complicated you know the whole friends with benefits where like you know emotion gets to get attached and then somebody catches more feelings than the other person and then you lose that that authentic friendship for a long time like women and men haven't been equals right so like to think that women and men could have this equal cordial like platonic relationship when for so long like women were silenced and really like we were just looked at these like vessels to like procreate and just be used for sexual purposes like you know, I feel like that also ties into it because women a lot of the time we're sexualized or we can't be looked at just as like the homie or like my equal. Coming up, we meet another set of opposite sex friendships, Prince and Molly. For these guys, clear boundaries are how they keep their friendships strictly platonic. I don't even, first of all, don't let my mind go there. So I want to be responsible in the way that I think of my friends. Let's say somebody, you know, started to see their friend in a way that is beyond the friendship. I believe that people can do that and hold it in their mind. However, I don't even let my mind go there. I don't allow myself to see my guy friends in a way like that. Unlike Anna and Daniel, Molly and Prince have only been friends for a short period, and a good chunk of that friendship has been long distance. They first met in 2016 in Winnipeg. Molly was invited by a mutual friend to attend a church service, and that's where she met Prince for the first time. We just ended up sitting at the same table, and then we started talking about um, some of our friends. We just hit it off from there, and Prince was a little bit more familiar with the environment, and I was very new to that church. Prince was just going the extra length to make sure that I felt included and that I was making friends at the potluck. A few years later, Prince moved to a different province and their friendship has been long distance ever since. Now, there's a ton of research that either supports or opposes long distance relationships of any kind, but Molly and Prince have made their friendship work. I think we have a good understanding of where we are in our lives, so we let each other kind of like do our own thing. But also when we do have those moments where we kind of need to talk to each other or just want to update each other on, our, on what's going on in our lives, we'll just, we'll just send each other a random text. Be like, hey, you free this week or this day or this night? would love to catch up and would basically just do that. 
Aside from working to ensure that the distance between them doesn't ruin their relationship, Molly and Prince are both committed to keeping their friendship platonic, especially because Prince is currently in a romantic relationship. The way they do that is by setting clear-cut boundaries. I usually won't hang out with the opposite gender by myself unless it's a necessity. So if there's any ways I can prevent just just the two of us, I won't do it. If, if I have to invite my sister, I have to bring my dog or something, as long as there's a border <laughs> or a buffer, right? Yeah, I usually just keep those, uh, those type of boundaries as well. So and I always bring up like my girlfriend. There was one time I even um, encouraged Prince ask for permission. Prince laughed at me. He <laughs> said, well, don't word it like it's permission, you know? It's just, it's just something that he has to bring up with Abby. I think you have to be accountable in the way that you have conversations. You have to watch your words. And I think it's expressing to each other what you both want in life. And generally, I'm just not into guys that are not into me. So, There's also the subject of intimacy. And no, I'm not talking about sex. Research shows that one of the reasons people believe cross-sex friendships don't work is it can bring up feelings of jealousy and a lack of intimacy between romantic partners. If your friend shares a secret with you that you're not allowed to share with your partner, things can get a little tricky. Molly and Prince are aware of this, which is why Molly says she and Prince don't keep secrets from Prince's girlfriend, Abby. I don't understand the whole secret thing with my boyfriend. That's not going to happen with me. No, I'm not going to let that slide. (laughs) So... When I do catch up with Prince and with Abby, I tell them at the same time what I'm going through, whether it's, you know, difficulty with my career or, you know, just advice with my dating life. Just having respect for the both of them and not individualizing Prince only. Like Anna and Daniel, I asked Molly and Prince what they would do if a romantic partner was uncomfortable with your friendship and vice versa. And I found Molly's response very honest. You have to choose. Is there a like a negotiation stage where we could try it out and go out for bubble tea altogether? Can we try that? Of course, not all opposite sex friendships remain platonic, as we've seen time and time again. Sometimes the friendship is simply a catalyst for feelings that can develop into a romantic relationship. This was the case for Kathleen and Gail. At first, they started out as just friends. In fact, Kathleen was being encouraged by Gail to ask out somebody else. They both had no intention of dating, but after four months, Gail had a change of heart. I would say about, like, I guess towards the end of, like, the four months type thing, where, like, eventually I just saw signs that, like, okay, like, I actually do like this person. I was like, I could actually see a future with her, so I said myself to pursue it. I was 100% hesitant. Yeah, that was like definitely. my biggest thing because he was like, oh, let's go for it. And then already I was thinking worst case scenario. I was like, what if this doesn't work out? And like, we're already becoming good friends. And I was thinking like friendship with someone I'm trying to be friends with. And he was like, let's date. And I was like, but then it's going to ruin our dynamic. And if this doesn't work out, our friend group is going to be ruined. He was all like, there's no problem. This is fine. Let's do it. Let's go for it. He's reckless. (laughs) I guess it's the more of a reckless side. And I knew my intentions and I knew where I wanted to go. So I was, I had no fear. Kathleen's hesitancy is, of course, very common among friends who consider a romantic relationship. In When Harry Met Sally, both characters were worried that romance would negatively affect their friendship. With the help of a few friends, Kathleen got over her fear. And she and Gail have been in a relationship for over a year. 
And they both credit their initial friendship with the success of their current romantic relationship. You know, the awkward phase of like getting to know each other kind of thing, because we had known each other for a few months, it made things less awkward. And like, you know how when a girl starts dating a guy, at first to like put effort into looking good all the time. But because we had been friends, he would see me looking like dirt, like <laughs> my hair looking like a mess and like my raggedy clothes. So I didn't have to worry about like putting up appearances because he's seen me looking like a hot mess and like a bunch of things. So it just made things a little less awkward, made me more comfortable. We just have a bond that was already starting with the friendship that got stronger when we started dating. So there's that part, like being able to have fun, like we're pretty laid back people. And so it wasn't like, oh, stress all the time. How are we gonna get along? Like just the chemistry, I guess you could say to kind of sum it up that was there before is growing and it's getting stronger because of the friendship that we had before. I guess it also helped with um, the communication because it helped me see, I guess, beforehand, before dating, like stuff that we could have worked on to better communicate with each other and help fulfill each other's needs. So I guess mm-hmm. being friends also helped me see that specific aspect. And it just helps in general for planning stuff because our friends are each other's friends. So it makes it very easy. Of course, friendship doesn't fix everything. And like any couple, they still have moments when they disagree. For example, this all too relatable story of their worst date ever. He was volunteering and I stayed at home. He was like, okay, between nine and 10 is when we'll link up. And then I was like, okay. And then in my head, that was like, I told him like, text me when you want me to start getting ready. Cause you know, I'm going to take my time. And so I think it was like quarter to nine. I was like, maybe I'm just going to start my hair because he hadn't texted me. And then he calls me and then he's like, yo, are you ready? Let's go. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, you're supposed to call me or text me. I just started getting ready. And he hates to wait for me when I'm taking 10 years. But I was like, okay, I'll hurry up. I'll get ready. I'm, I'm coming. And so he couldn't pick me up because he was on the other side of town. So I was going to Uber. And it was like almost 10 o'clock and I was still in this house and he'd gone to the restaurant and he was waiting for me. And I made the mistake of letting like one of my roommates use my Uber to Uber somewhere else before me. So that was a mistake because I couldn't order my Uber while she was Ubering. So more time was going by. And then I got to the restaurant and I don't even think he said anything to me yet. <laughs> at, me. at least it's in the past. <laughs> There is, however, one big benefit of cross-sex friendships, and all my guests agreed. Perspective. 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 So overall, I'd say, like, just getting, like, a different perspective, um, different insight. Like, I give a more, like, critical thinking approach. Like, I, I think deeper about, like, every kind of possible scenario revolving around a situation. Whereas, like, sometimes he'll simplify it, and, like, that's just what I need to move forward on something different energy so like sometimes like I appreciate having like good debates like good conversation um and I find that sometimes with women like it can be more emotionally driven where with some of my male friends it's more just like these are the facts that's what we're arguing and like one person run away crying about it or like take it to heart so sometimes it's like nice to have like that male friend regardless if he's a male or a female like I I want the same things from all of my friendships and like 
he's family like he's a ride or die like he will have my back that's just what I expect from all my friendships so I think the female perspective is very important to me like the way that she sees something as algebra as simple math I see the simple math as algebra you know we just always got to be mindful of the opposite gender and how they think because again we can't coincide and continue to misunderstand if we don't try to understand each other on a deeper level So, can we please normalize men and women being just friends in 2020? Please? Let me know what you think. Shoot me a message on Instagram at 20somethingpod. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's great feedback for us and it helps the podcast climb up in the charts. The show is edited by Anne Catherine Desolme and produced by me. Big thank you to my guests, Anna, Daniel, Molly, Prince, Kathleen, and Gail, and of course you guys, the listeners. As always, I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.